You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. This may be the only time you'll ever hear me say this. I'm going to preach quickly tonight. Yeah, right. No one believes it. No one believes it. No, I really am. I am going to preach quickly because... Uh, I just want to leave space um, tonight for um, for people's hearts to be worked on, and I can't I can't do it. I can't put together a message so eloquent that your heart is changed. I don't have that power. Only God. And so I want to leave space at the end of service just to have some God time. And you know we're in uh, in between what we call Connect Sundays. Last Sunday was Connect Sunday. We're gonna have another Connect Sunday coming up. And um, so I, I'm kind of like sandwiched in, in between these Connect Sundays. And I really, um, I believe that God has designed us and wired us for community. I think we would probably all agree with that. But there are some of us in here, actually probably most of us in here, that on, actually probably all of us in here on some level have things in us that prevent us from walking in the fullness of the community and the relationships that God has for us. So what I really want to go after tonight is what is keeping you from the gift of incredibly healthy friendships and relationships. And you may have really, really good friendships and relationships, but you can always have better friendships and relationships. I have a great marriage. I would love to have a better marriage. Why not? Why not believe God for the greatest flipping marriage on earth, even though it's already great? Come on. Katie said amen. So I'm going to read um, a passage that, you know, if you've been coming to Awaken Church for a bit, have heard recently. It was kind of the theme verse of our uh, Vision Builder series, our Enlarge series. We're going to take a little bit of a different look at it. So it should be on the screen behind me. It's Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Enlarge the place of your tent, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Now, you know, when a lot of us, when we, we hear that, it, it, you just think like, yeah, come on, bring on the blessing, baby. It's all about money, money, money. Show me the Benjamins, God. Come on. That verse, and even in the context of our Vision Builder series, that verse is not about God financially blessing you directly. You have to read all Bible verses in context of what is going on around them, okay? So in order to understand Isaiah 54 you should understand Isaiah 53. Now, Isaiah 53 is a very, very famous Old Testament prophecy where it talks about by his stripes we are healed and goes on and on and on prophesying about Jesus, the Messiah, okay? All about Jesus and how one day God was gonna send this savior that he was gonna take on our iniquities, take on our transgressions. So enlarge the place of your tent. So what does that mean? It's talking about the church, Isaiah 54 is talking about the church and talking about the church needing to expand its walls, to to stretch out its tent pegs. And of course, yes, that happens financially. That's why it's such a big component of our Vision Builder series. But also, if you think about what this passage is talking about, it's talking about the community of the church. So what the prophet Isaiah is saying is, hey, 
this guy's coming. His name is Jesus. He's going to turn the world upside down, and y'all better get ready. You better go to the left, go to the right, expand your tent because you need to make more room to house all the people that I am sending you. It's a passage about the robust community of faith. It's about the church, okay? So a couple of small little thoughts that we can pull from that. And like I said, my goal is to get out of the way and just make room for God to just heal some hearts, bring some inner healing tonight. What is keeping you from deep, robust, fulfilling relationships in the church, in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, whatever, okay? So Isaiah 54, it says, um, at the end of verse two, and then going into um, verse three, it says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, expand to the right and the left. Those are my three points, okay? Lengthen your cords, point number one. What does it mean to lengthen your cords? Well, to lengthen your cords, that speaks to our capacity, okay? If a cord is only so long, it's only so long. To lengthen it means it can now stretch longer. The capacity of the cord has increased. You with me? You need capacity to relate to people well. If you have nothing to give the people around you because you are redlining in your life all the time, you have no capacity to be a blessing to others. And uh, people don't want to be around you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's Wednesday night. I'm just, I'm just preaching the truth. If all you do is take, take, take because your life is in such chaos that there is nothing that you have to offer anybody around you, you may get some, some charity friends for a bit, but that, that doesn't scale. That, that, that is not sustainable, okay? It's like in an airplane when it says you got to put on your oxygen mask first, then help the person around you because if you pass out trying to get your four-year-old all figured out, then you both pass out. It is your responsibility in a community of faith to be a good friend, to take care of your own life, to have margin in your own world so that you have something to give the people around you. If you find yourself, um, you know, just like, gosh, I just feel like I'm just having such a hard time connecting with people. We just haven't seemed to make any, it's really hard not to make friends at this church. Okay? And listen, I don't want to, and if you feel, if you're in here and you feel that way, um, there is no judgment whatsoever. I'm just telling you that there is a couple of subtle course adjustments that you probably need to make. No big deal. One of them is looking at, do I even have the capacity in my world to have the friendships that I'm praying for? If you are just redlining every minute of every day and anytime someone's like, hey, how are you doing? And you just unload on them about how stressed you are, that's just take, 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 withdraw, 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 no deposits, okay? And so one of the key components to being a part of a healthy community is creating the margin and the capacity in your own world, okay? And if that's in disarray tonight, guess what? God can fix that in a freaking instant, okay? It's not about you having to like, all right, I gotta go. God can give capacity. You know, this is not a trick question. What is the capacity of a five-gallon bucket, five gallons. That's the capacity. That's all it's got. You can't hold six gallons of water in a five-gallon bucket. But God can supernaturally make a five-gallon bucket a 10-gallon bucket. What is the capacity of a 10-gallon bucket? 10 gallons. So it's not about you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and 
reading seven habits of highly successful people and getting a planner and right now, that's not what it's about. Let's just pray for increased capacity tonight. And yes, there may be some things in your life that you need to take ownership of and, and kind of clean up, but pray for, you don't have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it. Let's just pray to God for increased capacity in your world. You guys ever been around? Maybe, I don't know. Well, hold on. Let me, have you ever been around a couple that anytime you're in public with all your friends, they just, they bicker and it's really weird and it's uncomfortable. And if you're like, no, maybe you're that couple. I don't know. We, we've had some friends over the years, long time ago. They're great now. They don't even go to this campus, so don't even try to guess who it is. Uh, that it just was like, anytime we'd all hang out as, a, as friends, you know, a group of 10 of us just having a good time, it was just like, just, and it's so awkward for all of us, all of us. But listen, that is actually a function of a lack of margin in their marriage, okay? Katie and I, have margin in our marriage. We have grace for one another because we've created that grace. We have a good, healthy marriage. And there are moments where maybe Katie says something in public that I'm like, huh, okay. But because I'm not like completely out of any level of grace and capacity for her, I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, no big deal. And I'm sure I've said things in public where she's like, huh. But because... We have the margin in our marriage and we have the capacity. It's not, and it's like if, if there is nothing left to give and, I, and we, have, we are just redlining in, in, both area, in all areas of our life and then we're in public and she says one little thing to me, I'm like, what? How did, right? It's, that is a function of a lack of capacity and a lack of margin in your marriage, okay? And so lengthen your cords. One of the key components of having healthy community is having capacity to be a friend, okay? Point one. So, is it funny, right? We're talking about lengthening your cords. And there's an expression we say in English. I don't know if there's an equivalent in Spanish. Marco, maybe you can help me out. Or you say, oh, I'm at the end of my rope. Do they have something like that in Spanish? And he's, al tope. Okay, got it. I don't think it quite translates the same, but that's all right. Isn't it interesting that we say, I'm at the end of my rope, and here's what we're talking about, lengthening your cords. And actually the expression, I'm at the end of my rope, is actually a farming term. And it's talking about a grazing animal that's been staked into the ground and it, it can go no further. It can't get any more nourishment because it is at the end of its rope. So how do you get more rope? Practical tool. Only God can give it to you. Okay? Psalm 23, King David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. If you find yourself out of capacity, constantly in turmoil, is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? If that's you, listen, you could read Psalm 23 every day for months and get something new out of it. If that's you, a little personal challenge, read Psalm 23 every day. It will change your life, okay? Point number one. All right, point, point number two, moving on. I said I was gonna go quick. It says, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Point two, strengthen your stakes. So how resilient are you in your relationships? A stake carries the tension that supports the tent. And a stake must be secure to carry the tension. 
if the tension increases, let's say wind comes or whatever, the, there's some increased load on the tent and the stake gets ripped out, breaks, well, the tent goes crashing down. How secure are you? You have to have resilience. You have to be secure to live in healthy community. Uh, Marco preached an amazing message a few Wednesdays ago about um, honor and talked about seeing the best in people. And I just think there's, if you haven't podcasted, it's one of the best messages I've ever heard. And it's just so, like, secure people are able to always see the best in people. And if, if any time, like if somebody, if I walk past you and I don't say hi, and you just like, Pastor Mike didn't say hi to me. Wow. Is this really how he values his sheep here? Some shepherd walking by me without saying hi. How could, he, he saw me, he knows where I'm at, and didn't even have the, the general decency to say hi to me. And it's like, maybe I just didn't see you. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe whatever. And it's like, do you just, do you instantly go to the reason they said that is because of da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The reason they didn't do this is because they digga 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 And it's like, maybe they were just having a really bad day. I have this thing, and it helps me suppress my road rage, which I don't really have a problem with. But, you know, anybody, everybody has a little bit of road rage every now and again, okay? Oh, I'm getting, we've got to have an altar call later for Big Mike here in a minute. I owe, if somebody is, zooms by me and cuts me off, I just think there's a pregnant woman in there and she is just, di- they, it, is, it is a dire emergency. She has to get to the hospital. And it just makes me, I just assume the best in people. That person's not a jerk. That person's not, you know, thinking they're better than me on the road. They've got somewhere really important to, to be, way important than where I have to be. Can you assume the best in people? Can you assume... When somebody doesn't say something the way that you think they should say it, when they do say something that you wish they wouldn't have said, whatever, can you just say, you know what, maybe they just, they, were, they, they weren't intentionally trying to hurt me, they weren't intentionally trying to exclude me, they weren't intentionally trying to whatever, they just, whatever, didn't think about it, having a bad day, had a brain fart, whatever, right? Can you assume the best in people? You can actually only do that if you are a secure person. Uh, a lot of you guys have heard me tell the story, um, but you know, generally as a as a preacher, whenever you throw yourself under the bus, it always goes over well. So, I will throw myself under the bus for the hundredth time. Uh, many many moons ago, it was right after uh, New Year's. We were in this building, but you know, we weren't the campus pastors. I think we were pretty new um, in the building, so it would have been I think like four or five years ago. And we, every year our church does a week of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. And so we, we did that. And, and a, a few of the guys, a few of the big kind of business guys here at our campus, uh, not me, uh, other guys, said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to, during this fast, why don't we get together and pray for all seven days of the fast? So they all got together here at 530 in the morning every day, not just Tuesdays, but every day. Um, and it like went so well that in one week they all saw such fruit in their businesses and whatever. They were like, we should just keep this going. And so these like five or six guys continued to meet every single morning at 530 out there in the foyer and pray. And so after a couple weeks, it was just catching some traction. And Katie and I were living in Oceanside at the time. And they were like, Mike, you've got to come be a part of this thing. Like, it's just amazing. God's blessing us left and right. And I'm in Oceanside. They meet at 530 in Chula Vista. And so I'm like, okay. 
And so, you know, I'd get up at like four, make my way down. And I'll never forget um, rolling up the first time. And it's like Rudy's Bentley, Marco's Range Rover, Jose's white Porsche at the time, Chris's Mercedes, you know, Matt Lee's monster truck. And I'm in my 2003 Honda Civic. And I was so like... I literally, I would park behind the bushes back there. And the, the, the Civic's very low to the ground, so it's almost completely occluded where you couldn't even see it. And then I would just try to like, hey guys. And, and they would, these guys would pray, and they're some of the really heavy-hitting, you know, successful business guys at our campus. And it was a, a time in, in, in our life where we were still limping along very much financially. I, I was in a lot of career unrest, trying to figure out a lot of things and, and really struggling. And, and it was like every freaking day was just like, Marco would be like, oh, yeah, it was crazy. You just had the biggest month ever in the history of my business. And Rudy would be like, oh, yeah, I just needed like $175,000 in cash. And then poof, it just showed up. How amazing. <laughs> And just like victory, victory, success, success. And I'm just like getting my butt kicked, like just trying to pay. You know, I didn't even have rent. We were living with your parents. I'm just like trying to pay whatever responsibilities that I had. And listen to me. I was so insecure that it almost removed me from that. I almost quit going. I was so discouraged that I, and I would have had all the excuses in the world. I was driving down from Oceanside. I could have easily just been like, you know what, guys, too hard of a drive, I'm not going to do it. And they would have been like, oh, cool, totally get it. And my own insecurity almost removed me from community that I had actually prayed for. I had forgotten that two months prior, I begged God to put me around people more successful than me that I could learn from. And God's like, cool, you got it. And then I was like, oh, it hurts. And so we have to strengthen our stakes. We have to be resilient. Can you be around people that are further along than you? I hope so, because that's a gift to you, to be around people that are further along than you. You should pray that God puts you around people that are further along than you, and then don't get mad when he does, okay? Don't get mad when he does. And so again, the answer to that is not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and hitting the emotional weight room or whatever, we'll just pray. Pray tonight. The more secure that you are in God, the more secure you are with everybody else. Do you know, because listen, I know that I don't, I don't need you to like me. I mean, I, I would like for you to like me. I think people that say they don't care about what other people think, that's actually the clinical definition of a sociopath. That's bad, okay? You should care what other people think about you, but you shouldn't be defined by what other people think about you. I care about what you think of me. I would like for you to like me, but if you don't like me, it doesn't ruin my day. I'll sleep just fine tonight because I know whose I am. I'm a child of God, right? So your security is dependent upon how close and how much you understand whose you are. Okay, last point as the worship team comes up. That's you guys. Can we give it up for our worship team? Aren't they amazing? So it says, um, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, and lastly it says, expand to the right and to the left, okay? And I want you to think about something with me. The, the visual we get is a tent, 
right? That's what he's talking about. Expand the, this tent. If all four corners of the tent all move in the same direction together, then the tent doesn't get any bigger. The tent just moves to the right. If the tent pegs all get closer together, then the tent just collapses. For the tent to get larger, all of the tent pegs have to go in different directions. The church should be a diverse group of people that all have different personalities, that all have different giftings, that all have different bents, that all have different whatever, different skin color, different families of origin, different backgrounds. And I remember I, I came to this church um, about eight years ago, and it was the church was, was still um, not small. I mean, everything's relative, I guess, but it was a lot smaller than it is now. We had two campuses, um, and, you know, Pastor Jurgen, our amazing, fearless lead pastor, I think everyone would agree, yes, he's amazing. Give it up for Pastor Jurgen. I think everyone would agree that Pastor Jurgen has a big personality. And so just by proxy almost, almost by osmosis, in the early days of our church, the church took on the personality of Pastor Jurgen. It really attracted a lot of, of people like Pastor Jurgen. I think a season came for our church around about the time that we came where God said, hey, this is amazing. We, we've, we've got here and now it's time to, to expand. And so it was time for the church to really kind of take on, um, you know, a little bit of, of a more diverse group of, and I remember when we, when I was brand new here, like I'm not by, na- I'm an introvert by nature. Um, I, I'm a thinker. I'm like, you know, it's one of the biggest fights that we have is when she wants to process, I want to be quiet. Okay. Every husband said, amen. I, yeah, come on. So for me, I, I, pro- I process by being quiet, by thinking. And so I'm by nature a quiet, uh, you know, more subdued personality type. Um, and I remember feeling out of place here when I first got to this church because it just seems like everything is, is just big and intense and, and awesome and loud and and I and it was it was hard for me and I felt like do I belong here and I just I remember there's a moment I don't remember when it was but I remember God spoke to me and said yes like awakened church doesn't need more of what it already has awakened church needs you awakened church needs you to be you now awakened church needs you to be redeemed kingdom you Okay, not buck wild you going out clubbing on Friday, okay? It needs the Jesus version of you, but it needs you. If all of us were the same, it would just be so lame, and that rhymed, and I didn't mean for it to. Like what? For the church to expand, it, to, to literally cover more surface area, to cover more of the earth, all the tent pegs have to go in different directions. And I just want you to know that you are just right how you are. And if you feel in here today like there is something wrong with you, there is some, there's not. You may have some, some things to work through, but welcome to the club. That's called Christianity. We all do. Okay, we're all hypocrites by definition, okay? And I just, um, I think tonight, God is going to remove some barriers from people. To be vulnerable 
means to put yourself in a position to be hurt. And marriage is, I'm just using it because it's a great example of a relationship, but it, it, this is in friendship, this is in everything. You, in order to have true intimacy in your marriage, you have to be vulnerable. And vulnerable means this is all of me. And my wife knows the, the deepest, darkest parts of me. And if she wanted to, she could say something sometime. And I know that there's been moments where she has um, very beautifully exercised great restraint, where she, there was moments where she could have zinged me with something that would have just crushed me. But that's relationship. That's really, really healthy relationship is vulnerability. You're trusting somebody with this is all that I am. And that's hard for people because to say, here's all that I am, no masks, no facade, no positioning, no gamesmanship. This is all that I am. And then for someone to say, eh, no thanks. That is our greatest human fear. That's rejection. That is the greatest human fear. But it's also the only path to true intimacy with your wife, your husband, your kids, your friends, your God. God cannot work with a unvulnerable, what, I don't know what the opposite of vulnerable is, with a not vulnerable heart. Because you are, it's guarded, it's closed off. And so maybe for you, the reason you haven't joined a connect group or have, have, haven't joined a team, haven't put yourself out there to come to our prayer meetings, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's because you're afraid if they only knew the real me. Now I'm telling you, the message of Christianity is that you are both fully known and fully loved. You are fully known and fully loved. To be fully loved but not fully known is fake. It's not real. It means that that you what is fully loved is not the real you. It's some, you know, positioned, propped up version of you. And so it's not, it's inauthentic. And so it won't satisfy. To be fully known and not fully loved is what I just talked about. That's rejection. The only way forward is to be both fully known and fully loved. And that is what we have in Christianity. That's what we have in the good news. But it's also what we should have in the church. And I'm telling you, this isn't a perfect place. We're not perfect people. We, we, we get it wrong all the time. But I can tell you, this is a church that is fresh, real, and powerful. And if you will take the step and put yourself out there and say, you know what, I've been hurt before. And I don't wanna diminish that. I don't wanna diminish if, if, and I'm sure there's people in here and you have been actually betrayed, like really, really. Like not, you didn't interpret it wrong. You didn't, you know, it's not you've seen it through a filter. You actually were really wronged. But what are you gonna do? If you just never open yourself back up again, then that wrong has power over you. That wrong dictates the quality of your life. And that's a terrible place to be. So I wanna challenge you today. We're gonna, we're gonna pray and, and, and just worship God here in a second. God's gonna move in some people's hearts. If that's you and you know that you have some walls up and it's difficult for you to make new friends, difficult for you to connect with your spouse, difficult for you to relate to your children, difficult for you to come to men's prayer and stand in a group of three guys and, and talk about what's really going on in your world, then we're gonna 
pray that God takes down that wall tonight. And that's the, again, I, that's the cool thing is you don't have to disassemble that wall brick by brick. And there may be some, you know, some important just kind of things to work through in your behavior and whatever else, but God can literally crumble that wall just like the city of Jericho in a heartbeat with a shout. And so I want everybody to just go and stand up to your feet. And maybe just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I, I think, and I, I want, I, this isn't a gimmick. I want everyone to actually close your eyes, if you don't mind. And here's why. What I don't want, I'm going to ask a question here in a minute, and I don't want people to not raise their hand because it, it puts them in a weird position for other people to see them. So I really would appreciate if you would close your eyes. I don't want this to be a private moment for people. But if I'm going to pray for you in a second, I want you to just raise your hand here in just one second if this is you. And it's, it's not, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Not going to, and the reason I want you to raise your hand is because it is a physical acknowledgement. It's, it is you actually saying, God, I'm desperate enough for this to change in my life that I will do the, the simplest of physical gestures and I will raise my hand. At a wedding, you say all these vows and the vow is actually sealed by a physical gesture. You say you may kiss the bride. The physical kiss is the sealing of all of the words that were spoken and the vows that were spoken. So if you're in here today, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, and that's you, you feel like I'm having a tough time connecting with people. I've got some walls in my world. I, I know that there's, um, that I, I'm, I'm just redlining, I'm overextended. I just, I don't have anything to give anybody. I I'm, I'm don't have a lot of resilience. Anytime somebody, you know, corrects me or I hear something wrong, I just, I snap off the handle. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand right now and I'll pray for you, if that's you. And I'm gonna ask you to put your hand down a second. I'm not gonna make you keep it up or come to the front or anything like that, amazing. Probably one third of you. So put your hands down and I'm gonna pray for you right now and God's gonna move in in hearts. And listen, it is it has nothing to do I am powerless over the walls in your life. I am unable to put together an eloquent prayer that fixes this stuff. It is only by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so Holy Spirit, right now, we invite you in. God, we acknowledge, and I want you to, you don't have to say it out loud, but it just in your, in, your, uh, in your mind, in your heart, I want you to just acknowledge that, God, I am powerless to fix my own heart. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that we are unable to fix our own hearts. But God, the best news in the world is that you are not only able to fix our hearts, but you are willing to fix our hearts. God, that you went to a cross, that in Hebrews it says that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross so that you could remedy our hearts. God, you didn't do it out of some like, oh, this is gonna be so terrible, but I guess it'll be good in the end. It says for the joy set before you. And so Holy Spirit, right now, we just invite you into hearts, God, into hearts that have been fortified with walls of bitterness, with walls of, of disappointment, with walls of betrayal, God, with walls of, of our own shame, God, of, of things we've done, places we've been, things we've thought, things we've said. And God, right now, we declare that you are the great uh, seizure, that you bring down every wall, that you will siege every city, that you will take down every stronghold of every fortified heart right now, God, that you will, um, that you will infiltrate God, the fortified places of our heart. We declare right now that our hearts are open to you, that there is no place that we withhold from you, God. No place. Even back when you were seven years old, eight years old, 12 years old, whenever there was some trauma that happened and you have, and it hurt so bad and it was so violating and so humiliating that you have closed off parts of your heart, right now, we just open our hearts to you, God. 
open our hearts to you and know that you have the power to heal. And I just see God as the most delicate of surgeons, reaching in to the recesses of your heart and pulling out the decay, pulling out the hurt, pulling out the trauma, pulling out the shame, pulling out the betrayal, and sewing you back up where there's not even a scar. Not even a scar, no pain, no residual effects. God, we thank you right now that you are our healer. And God, we prophesy right now over the men and women of the East Lake campus of Awakened Church, God, that we are open to the relationships you have for us, God, that every marriage is gonna get deeper. Every marriage is gonna be more fulfilling, is gonna be filled with more laughter, is gonna be filled with more joy, is gonna be filled with more intimacy, is gonna be filled with more conversation. God, every friendship is gonna be robust. God, that we will sharpen one another, that when sparks fly, we will actually rejoice in those sparks, that we will actually say, thank you, brother. Thank you, sister, for having the courage to confront me on that. Thank you for seeing a blind spot that I couldn't see. God, that we would be comrades at arms together, that, that we would be a band of brothers, a band of sisters in this house. God, where we do life together in ways that, conf that confound the world, that our city would look at the friendships in this church, would look at the marriages in this church, that would look at, at the friendships in, in, in this church and would say, what is going on there? I want what is there. I want that. And God, it would be the most beautiful invitation for you to come in and flip a city on its head. God, we pray that it would start in the relationships here. Your word says that they will know us by our love for one another. God, I pray for supernatural measures of love right now. God, I pray that you are illuminating right now sources of bitterness in people's hearts where there is unforgiveness. Right now, you're illuminating to people's hearts. I need to go right now, right now. As soon as service is over, you're going to get on your phone. You're going to call your sister. You're going to call your brother. You're going to call your boss. You're going to call that coworker you worked with three years ago. And you're going to say, you know what? Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? I wanna move on with a relationship with you. Let's be people that go first. God, we pray right now for the resilience, that you would strengthen our stakes, God, that we would be men and women who are fortified, God, who are secure in who you say that we are, God. God, that our relationships would be healthy, robust, fun, life-giving, God, that you would bring, uh, and, 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 and bring people together for friendships that are fun, God, that we would travel together, that we'd raise our kids together, we would come over for dinner and for breakfast and for brunch and for coffee, that we would make memories together, that we would celebrate on the mountaintops, that we would cry in the valleys together, God, that we would be a church of beautiful, powerful, God-ordained friendships, marriages. God, that as parents, we would learn to relate with our kids, to listen to our kids, God, that the trauma of that, that, that we may have experienced in our own families, from our own parents, we wouldn't pass on to our children, God. God, that every single generational curse around, uh, around bitterness, around words that were spoken right now is broken under the sound of my voice. It's broken under the sound of my voice, God. That every generational curse of rejection where a, a parent, a coach, an older brother said to you, you're worthless, you're no good, we cancel that right now and we speak the truth of God 
that you are made in the image of the Almighty God, that you are the most precious commodity on the face of the earth, that you carry the image of the King of Kings, the sovereign Lord of the universe, that you are so worthy that God himself would come to this earth, would endure death on a cross so that he could be with you. You are of infinite worth and value. God, Holy Spirit, right now, we pray that you would just plant seeds of people's worth, God, of their value right now. God, that they would know how cherished they are, how loved they are, how you are for them, how, God, you lose your mind in the best of ways when we succeed. God, that you are cheering for us, that you are behind us, that the breath of God is behind everything that we do, behind every marriage, every friendship, God, every parent, every child. God, we love you. We love your church. We're so thankful for one another. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.